0: Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Well, isn't it great to be together with the people of God, whether at church or whenever we can? I love the social of uh, fellowship. I love gathering together, especially if there's food involved, especially if there's barbecue involved. That's really good. Um, I've had chances... um, of course, uh, out soul winning, just meet whoever we meet. But uh, the chance to be in the homes of some of our church members, especially newer church members, and and talk about to how God's led in their life. And and um, just recently had the privilege of being in a home of a family. Uh, I met out um, just that on a Saturday when I was out soul winning and back in their home um, just in the last couple of days and had the chance to to sit and talk to them and, and the gospel completely new, absolutely, um, just something they never even thought of before, something they never heard of before. And, uh, what a great thing to be able to, to walk people through. And, uh, these folks aren't, uh, they aren't saved yet, but, uh, we spent oh, well over an hour talking and it's just, it's just new. It's just brand new. And, uh, I love, I love getting to talk about the things of God and, uh, and I love the, the um, I guess it, it's not, a, being, not being ashamed, the idea that, that I'm, I'm not embarrassed about my faith. I'm not intimidated. I don't know as much as a lot of people. And I'm not saying I could win an argument with everybody, an archeologist, an astronomer, evolutionist, whoever. I, I'm not so smart, but I know this. I know enough Bible and I know enough science to know I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed about, uh, you know, take, take uh, the, the idea of science and evolution, the, the, the first law of thermodynamics, as I understand it, that the whole universe operates on these principles according to science is that matter cannot be created nor destroyed. And that's their law. That's the secular scientist law. Matter can change like water can evaporate and it can go from a liquid form to a vapor. But it can't be destroyed. You're always going to have hydrogen and oxygen, and uh, something may burn, but it burns and it doesn't. It doesn't go away. It just changes its form, uh, it changes its chemical form. But matter cannot be destroyed. And then, and then it, and then they tell us that a whole bunch of nothing was whirling through space, and it blew up and became something. Um, you know, some of their almost basic laws. The second law of thermodynamics is. Um, Entropy that everything is going back to its most basic um, element. You know, you put an apple on the table, and it's gonna become a rotten apple, and then it's gonna decompose. Those molecules will go off into the dirt or the air or wherever. And then maybe if the seed hits the right spot at the right time with the right moisture, it'll it'll sprout, and maybe you'll have an apple tree one day. But that everything is deteriorating; things are not improving, and um, and that and then you take that second law of thermodynamics that, uh, everything is winding down. And then you compare it to evolution. This is everything's winding up and that it's gone from simple to complex and their own, their own rules violate their own, their own laws or their own, uh, theories. But, uh, you know, so I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. Um, uh, I'm not embarrassed to talk to anybody about another religion. I'm not going to I could win everybody to Christ. Or even answer all their questions, but but I I know enough Bible, and I've talked to enough people to think I I love my faith. I love talking about my faith, and and I may have to say, well, I don't know the answer to that. Well, there's nothing no shame in that, but I I love being who I am by, as far as my faith goes. I love the people of God, and there's just nothing better. You know, the Bible says in the book of Malachi that God sees when his people get together and he writes it down in a book. Uh, God loves to see his people gather together. And uh, that's why you ought to be in church. You're a part of something special to God. Um, I wanted to mention we're in in, um, Stewardship Month and with the idea of stewardship is, is taking everything I have, time, talents, and treasure. The physical things I have, whether it be money or my car, my house, Um, My, uh, I don't know what else I have. It's treasure, Um, and then my talents. What am I good at? I'm a carpenter. I'm a plumber. I'm a, I'm good at talking or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm good at administrating. I'm good. uh, I'm good at just helping people that are hurting. I, compassion. You see people that work with handicapped people, um, those with mental handicaps. There's some gifts to be able to work lovingly and and uh, to work as a nurse with sick people. I think people have certain gifts, so that's a talent. Um, and talent might be, not be the best definition, but but it's things that I'm capable of doing. My time, my talents, my my, my treasure, and my talents. Then I'm going backwards, and my time. And uh, being a steward, uh, I've, all of us have 168 hours a week. To me, being a steward is taking everything God has given me and to the best of my ability, using those things, the time, the talent, and the treasure in a way that would please God. Now you might be able to do something with my money better than I can. I'm not brilliant with anything. And you may just be amazing with money. You may be able to squeeze every second out of every hour and make it produce. And, and I can't, but, but for me, I'm the steward of my time and my talent and my treasure. And I'm, it says in 2 Corinthians 4 2 more, or 1 Corinthians. I didn't look it up ahead of time, but I always mix up that one. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So, stewardship is the faithful use of whatever God's given to us faithful using it in a way that would please Him. So, there's nothing wrong with me taking my wife out to dinner. There's nothing wrong with me having a car to get to and from work. There's nothing wrong with putting a roof over my kids' heads. Now, whether it needs to be a million dollar mansion or whatever. Of course, a million dollars, not a mansion in California anymore. But um, stewardship is is taking the things that God has given us and and him being pleased with how we use those things. Like a, a, a steward, you're a very wealthy person with an estate. You've got horses, you've got um, the, the beautiful grounds, you've got a house, you've got employees that take care of various things and and i am the overseer the steward well if i uh, if i um, fire the guys taking care of the horses because they didn't like them and i don't hire somebody else then i'm being a bad steward someone's got to take care of those horses and um, maybe the guy mowing the lawns uh, comes to me wants a new lawnmower and i just think great machinery and we buy him this huge extravagant lawnmower when all he needed was a real simple one. I'm not being a good steward. Nothing sinful about a lawnmower, but maybe it's not being a good steward. And and I want my my God to be pleased with how I oversee that which he's put under my care, my trust, and that is my time, my talent, my treasure. And some of us in our talents, you might throw in our job, we have employees. We have um, people that we work with. And, and when we walk off the job, we ought to be a good testimony to God. And that's stewardship. And during stewardship month, we're talking about that. Um, if I put all my time and attention into my making my kids happy, but I don't discipline my children. I don't get them. And the word discipline doesn't, it, it means to, to have a, a narrow view, discipline, to get up when you're supposed to get up, to to do your work when you're supposed to do your work, to get your homework done, to do your chores, to do your job and do it well. My job's not just to please my children. My job is to train. Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go. So if I wanna be a good steward of the children God's put in my life, it's gonna be hard. I'm gonna to have to get up in the morning and hit it hard. When I get off work and I'm back at home again, raising children is just flat out hard work. And sometimes it's a war. Because um, I, I I'm I enjoy life and I like to play and and but but I understand my kids aren't mine they're God's and I've said this often in talking to parents we're not raising um, children we're raising adults and I am to turn this little boy into a man and so I can't treat him just exclusively like he's going to be a little boy all his life. I've got to train manly character traits into him. That's stewardship of my children. It's going to take time to raise good kids. Um, I have a wife, and and so I'm going to be a good steward of that relationship. A prudent wife is from the Lord, the Bible says. So God's given me this wife, and I need to think, how does God want me to treat this wife? Well, the Bible talks about it. Uh, there's Bible verses on a lot of verses on how a husband should treat his wife. And so if I'm going to be a good steward, I need to find out what my master says he wants me to do in regard to my wife. That's stewardship. So stewardship is, it's, it's a lot of things. And so just reading in Proverbs, um, and by the way, stewardship is, is using our money properly. Um, uh, if you take your mortgage money that you owe to the mortgage company, and you put it in the offering plate, the pastor's going to think, oh, great, we had this big offering, but you were a bad steward because you're supposed to pay your bills and uh, your debts need to be paid. And that is good stewardship. Now, not incurring debts that are extravagant or having debts that overtax your income so you cannot give and you can't serve others with your money or whatever. Um, you know, he, uh, Ephesians says, let him that stole... Steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing that is good. And then here's this little phrase so important that he may have to give. So why do I work? Not just about me making money; it's that I would have money to give. And if I never give any away, then I've messed up the whole purpose of working. And so that's stewardship—a stewardship of my job, stewardship of my money. And um, and I well, I want God to to be the first. Yeah, I want God to have the first uh, dibs on my on my paycheck. And, but I was looking at some Proverbs today, look over at Proverbs chapter four, and I was looking at some verses. I just scribbled them down today about sacrifice. We think about stewardship. We think of sacrifice, sacrificing, and uh, uh, what are we going to do for God as a good steward for God? But And so look at Proverbs, Proverbs the book of Psalms chapter four and verse five, offer the sacrifices. Of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness. Now, if I'm going to sacrifice, you know, Old Testament, they offered cows and and goats and sheep and doves and different things. Um, money, of course. And um, if I'm going to if I'm going to bring a sacrifice to God, you know what? According to Psalm four or five, God wants me to bring the sacrifice of righteousness. God wants me to say, I will sacrifice a licentious life. I will forfeit a licentious life. I will put away a sinful life and I will live a righteous life for you, God. I'm gonna sacrifice. I'm gonna bring to the altar of my love for you, my God, I'm gonna bring you a righteous life. God says, wow, that really pleases me. And so one of the things that we can bring as a sacrifice to God Is of course God, you know, money is the the commodity we work with, especially in America, but but God wants righteousness. Look over a couple pages to Psalm fifty-one. Psalm fifty-one, David wrote after his um, mess with uh, Bathsheba, and then um, Nathan the preacher came along and kind of got in his face. But in Psalm fifty-one, Psalm fifty-one, verse seventeen, it says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise." So first we said, one of the sacrifices you can bring to God is righteousness, just a righteous life. This one, um, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, to come to God broken over our sin. To, of course, if you, if you really hunger for righteousness, any time your sin is going to break your heart. And that's what pleases God. Those two go together. God wants us to come with a heart tender toward him and wanting to please him, a heart longing to never disappoint him. And oh, God is pleased. When you look up heavenward with a broken heart and maybe tears in your eyes, say, God, I've not been what I'm supposed to be. And I want so much to please you. God's not worried about you not being what you could have been. God's loving the fact that you cared, that you want to be what you should be. And God, God says, that's a sacrifice well pleasing to me. Uh, look over to, to Psalms chapter 107. There's several here in Psalms, It will be a look at two in the book of Hebrews. Psalms 107, and this is this is great too, because these are things that anybody can do, just anybody. Um, anybody can seek after righteousness. That's a sacrifice acceptable to God. Anybody can have a broken heart over their sin. That's a sacrifice pleasing to God. Now look at this one in Psalms, one zero seven, and verse twenty two. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know God, God wants us to be thankful. God wants us to talk often of Him and how good He is. How grateful uh, my hands. I've got no arthritis in my hands. My wife does have, but I should be thankful for hands i can be thankful for hands without arthritis i could be thankful for my home my job my car my friends my family so many things to be thankful for and you know god pours out all these benefits on us and 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 i think god expects us to be thankful i think god expects us to be grateful and so uh, what can we do to bring bring a sacrifice to god number one righteousness number two a broken heart number three gratitude Those are are the sacrifice. We don't want to talk about living a sacrificial life and sacrificing to God. Those are things well-pleasing to God. But look over to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, way back almost to the book of Revelation. And there's just two verses here in Revelation we'll look at real quick. Um, You know what I love about God is that anybody can be pleasing to God. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter where you've been, what you've faced, what you've gone through, what hurt you've had or what hurt you've caused. If God lets you start today, a man don't, mankind doesn't. The law of our land doesn't. The church members don't. Oh, how we ought to forgive and love as Christians. We ought to forgive as God forgave us. But you know what? They don't. And I wish they did, but they don't. And, um, so, But these are see these are things you can go to God and know if you are living right. Not that you you know we're not talking about three days ago, three years ago, three decades ago. We're talking about today. You offer God a sacrifice of righteousness, and God's pleased. And then when you step off the the the, uh, the straight and narrow in whatever situation in your heart or in your words or whatever it might be, and you go to God with a broken heart. God just loves that broken heart. God loves that you care and that I care uh, about our sin. And and then thirdly, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And and I love that, isn't that great? Because so far, you could do these things in jail, you could do these things in a rest home, you could do these things on your deathbed. Um, And um, there's nobody can't do it. A child, the poor, the rich, anybody can do these things. Now look at whatever book we're in, Hebrews 13. Look at Hebrews 13 and verse 15, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, praise, praise and not, and, and, and thanksgiving. That's not just in our heart. You know, I, I'm just very thankful in my heart. No, God wants it on your lips. Let me read that again. In case I know some of you listen to this while you're driving, um, Offer the, the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to God. The fruit of our lips. God wants your mouth out loud to praise him and thank him. And, uh, and relax and talk about God. We're in such a good country. If you were in a Muslim country, it might be different. If you are in communist China, it might be different. We're in America. And you go to the store and you buy in something. They say, oh, this is on sale. And uh, you, you, you were buying it. You didn't know it was on sale. Another one saying, well, praise God. I didn't know that was on sale. Why not give God some credit for the good things that he does for us? Why not? Why not thank him? Um, bow your head in a restaurant and thank him for the food and, and pray as loud as you want. Now The whole restaurant doesn't need to hear you pray, but if it does, it'd be better than no one hearing you pray. And uh, thank God. Talk to your children and, and talk to your family and And be willing to say often, isn't God good? And hasn't God been good to us? And give God thanks, give him the praise. But um, look at verse 16, Hebrews 13, in verse 15, where it says, the sacrifice of praise to God continually, the fruit of our lips giving thanks, the praise and thanks. But in verse 16, one more, but to do good and communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well-pleased. God is well-pleased. When we just do right, now, that's where we started over in Psalms chapter four, the sacrifice of righteousness. And so here in Hebrews thirteen sixteen, to do good and to communicate with sacrifice like that, God is well pleased. Now that word communicate is, it's a financial term between you and those who are helping you, your teachers, your boss, your coach, your whoever. In particular, um, the, that word communicate is used in regard to spiritual leaders, um, the pastor, the teacher, the, uh, the people involved in the ministry, uh, but, but to communicate, God, God wants us to be good to each other from our wallet and generosity. It's going to be one of our Sunday school lessons, or maybe it already has, um, on stewardship, but generosity, God is well-pleased when we are generous financially. And so uh, we've got righteousness. We've got a broken heart over our sin. We've got thanksgiving. And then we've got praise and thanks again in Hebrews 13, 15 and Hebrews 13, 16. um, we've um, We've got to do good and to communicate, to do good. And you know, all those things you can do, all those things I can do today. And we can't fix yesterday. We just bring it to God, leave it under the blood, but... You can live a sacrificial life today with these kind of things. And the only one of these that has anything to do with money is the word communicate. And I think God is pleased when we take our money and and use it to those who've invested in us and uh, in, and to take our, our money. And someone uh, said, you know, there's the, the pig and the chicken and the pig, the chicken said, let's give the farmer for his birthday. Let's give him breakfast of bacon and eggs and the, The pig says, for you, it's a contribution. For me, it's a sacrifice. And um, everybody does different things with their money and their resources. And sometimes it is a sacrifice. Sometimes it is just a contribution. And, um, but, you know, God wants us to be good stewards and to understand what it means to sacrifice to God. It does matter that we're righteous. It does matter that we are brokenhearted over our sin. It does matter that we're thankful. It does matter that we, that we speak his thanks and speak his praise and, and to do good and communicate with such sacrifices. God is well pleased. Uh, don't worry about your weight or your car you drive. And <clears throat> don't worry about your house. Um, you can live in the smallest apartment and please God. Uh, you can ride a bicycle because you have no car and you can please God. But you can't live unrighteous and please God. You need to turn from your unrighteousness, turn to righteousness. And oh, what a great God we serve. He'd let you, he'd be delighted to welcome your sacrifice of righteousness, of a broken heart over your sin, of a spirit of thanksgiving, of thankfulness in our lips. And, uh, and gratitude means praise and thanks from our lips. And, and then to, to do good and to communicate, to give. That money goes from your hand into that offering plate. God is well-pleased. And God is well-pleased when you're righteous. So many things. Um, This month, let's consider being good stewards of our time, our talents, and our church. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for joining us.